It's the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. The most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Surveys show that, that people still really prefer freedom versus force. It's the AmeriChicks dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We've got a very important show planned for you today. We're going to be talking about taxes. We're going to be talking about TABOR, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, which is a constitutional amendment that's in the Constitution in Colorado. It was approved by the voters about 25 years ago, and man, oh man, politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties, they want to they wanna get, um, get more of our money. So we're going to be talking about that big show. We have in studio as our guest chick, uh, Patty Kurgan. Patty, welcome. Thank you. Good morning to you and all your listeners, and thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, you served on the, um, what was it, the Equal Pay Commission? Is that the, right? The Pay Equity Commission. The Pay Equity Commission. Right. Okay. In 2010, 11, and 12. Okay. And uh, so, and you're also an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, and uh, so you really kind of have your, your, your thumb on the pulse of what's going on there. So You have to. <laughs> That's for sure. And then our other guest at 630 is Natalie Menton, and she is uh, she is a, an advocate for transparency and responsible government, and she is an expert on TABOR, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. And so we're going to be talking about that because there is uh, supposed to be a proposition on this uh, ballot in uh, November of this year that is basically going to ask the people of Colorado if uh, government can keep their tax refunds forever. <laughs> the key word, forever. Forever. And that is proper. And our refunds. Our refunds, Proposition CC. So we'll be talking about that in the third and fourth segment. But, uh, you know, the question is always the question. Is freedom versus force, force versus freedom? And socialism ultimately is force. At some point in time, something has to be used to take from people, whether or not it's public policy, a weapon, and it is never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, or their freedom via force, whether with a weapon, policy, or unpredictable and excessive taxation. So frequent guest Stephen Kessler, Ph.D., millennial, says that we need to ask three questions of people when they are advocating for socialist policies. First of all, do you have any skin in the game? Second of all, are you bringing people up or are you yanking them down? And lastly, you felt good, but did you do good? Those are three great, great questions to be a litmus test on, on particular policies and also uh, people advocating that. So, for example, Patty, uh, let's see. I think whoops, it was a Facebook conversation regarding reparations. And uh, I think that, that was on uh, one of our guest commentaries by uh, Dr. Cranawitter. And uh, one of the gentlemen that was advocating for reparations, I said, you know what, if you want to do that, go ahead, write a check to whoever you want to. But using force to take other people's money for reparations uh, for, <laughs> for people that have not been slaves, for people that were not slave owners, it just doesn't make any sense 
whatsoever. So if if somebody is advocating to give somebody something like Kamala Harris, <laughs> you know, how about you go ahead and just do that personally instead of trying to use government to force um, to force that issue. So we are seeing a socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, water, and we need to be moving these things back to freedom, Patty. I agree 100%. I'm a big advocate for put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. And if you really believe in something, then go ahead, donate. No one's stopping you from donating and writing your own personal check. You may not believe the same things I do or have the same interests, so I don't expect you to donate your dollars where I want to. And that's part of the free market. You get to put put your money where you want to, where you think. And when you do that, like when I figure out where I want to send my donations, I actually do a little research on the organizations so that I can hold them accountable and know that my dollar is actually being used in a worthwhile way in the way that I expect it to be. Instead of just giving a blank check to anybody out there, not knowing really who's going to be implementing the program, and did it just go down the tubes? Well, in what you just mentioned, implementing the program, that is one of the things that um, actually, you take a look at homelessness or affordable housing. These are two issues that we hear a lot about here in Colorado. I would say, I would venture, I, I would submit to you that there's actually a homelessness industrial complex. There's actually a, uh, a uh, affordable housing industrial complex. There are people uh, that are making money, you know, salaries, pensions, a government um, government employees, and then also you've got these nonprofits that are actually quasi-government uh, institutions because they are they are basically living off of government grants, and so you don't see the problem being solved. What you you see the we have more homelessness, we have uh, less affordable housing because government is involved in that. But there's all of these um, bureaucrats and politicians and interested parties that are living off of that tax revenue. Yes, I agree. I, I, when, you, when you bring up homelessness, the first organization that goes to my mind, and I've donated to them, is the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. They have a very good program in Denver. Unfortunately, they can't serve everybody who is homeless. It's, uh, they have a home in the Rhino area for men. It's very well organized. And one of the things about the Salvation Army is that this was a couple of years ago, so I don't know what the present salary is, but the top person in call in the Denver area, is like, he makes like $30,000. So you really know that when you give your dollar, it's not going for somebody's salary. It's really mm-hmm. going for, for the program and helping the men. And they have, um, if, if somebody's in this homeless shelter for a while, they're given the opportunity to go into a transitional center, and they work with the people, with the men that they bring in, they um, they have different floors so that if you are truly working to no longer be homeless and you they help find the men jobs and if they are there and they're responsible in the jobs then they move up a floor and they have their own room and eventually some of these men are able to move out so it's a very interesting program and they do a lot of great work and another one is the Denver Rescue Mission um, I, the Salvation Army I don't know currently but it used to be they they did not take any government money and I don't think the Denver Rescue Mission does either. And you mentioned an interesting point then. So when you have kind of the free market over there, when you're making a decision on where you are are um, donating your charitable dollars, 
in, you look at them, you say, who's doing a good job? And that never has to happen with government. Uh, with government, results don't matter. What matters is the program continues because people live off of that. And um, I remember I had uh, gone down and testified, or not testified, I, I spoken, done public comments at a hearing, both out in Jefferson County, also down at Douglas County, regarding the um, CDB, the Community Development Block Grant money. This was um, federal money that was coming into the counties, and then it was being disseminated out to a variety of different entities. And uh, one of them was um, the Douglas County Housing Partnership. And as I was, when I was on city council, I realized that all of these different entities, these different cities in Douglas County, as well as the county, were contributing to this. And, um, and, and I, I said, you know, in essence, we should be trying to work, work this out of a job as far as we should be able to uh, get people to a point where we don't need government assistance to get them into housing. And um, the, the head of that particular entity at the time, when I walked out, she, she basically, um, you know, accosted me and said, you know, kind of how dare you. And it's like, wait a minute, if you're really doing your job, you're going to work yourself out of a job on this. Correct. You know, so. Unfortunately, though, a lot of people don't want to work themselves out of a job. Right. And that's why these programs go on and on and on. So uh, we'll go over to headlines because that's going to segue us over to headline. But before we do that, uh, thank you to Zach and to Patty for her great research and Steve, producer Steve and Keith for all your good work and your support. And thank you for listening. All you listeners out there, you are valued and you are treasured. And uh, just know that I, I wish you a, a good day every day. And uh, be sure and go to Stand for Colorado. Or excuse me, um, excuse me. I'm go back to. Um, we need to make sure that we sign the national petition uh, vote, and that is for the national popular vote. Go to ColoradansVote.org. That's ColoradansVote.org, and be sure and make sure that you get that petition signed because they are due by the end of the month. So today for our inspiration, Wimbledon is going on right now. So I thought tennis, a, a tennis great, would be a great quote. And Vetus Williams, this was an excellent quote. She said, tennis is mostly mental. You win or lose the match before you even go out there. And that's, you know, Patty, I think that goes to life as well. But tennis is mostly mental. You win or lose the match before you even go out there. And then for our funnies, we're going to be talking about taxes today. And so Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel, I thought this was great. He said, I'm not going to pay taxes. When they say I'm going to prison, I'll say no. Prisons cost taxpayers a lot of money. You keep what it would have cost to uh, incarcerate me, and we'll call it even. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) Steve, did you like that one? I I don't know. What do you think? It's better than some. (laughs) I guess we'll call that a uh, that's a good one, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, there's a lot of truth in that. (laughs) (laughs) There, There certainly is. Um, let's go to some of these uh, headlines. First of all, these first two are very related, and um, we're just going to, I think, let's just kind of um, put you on the cliff on this, and then we'll come back after break. But the first one is from the Colorado Sun, and Governor Polis, as many of you know, is advocating for a full-day kindergarten program. It could bust the budget by $40 million in the first year. 
says school administrators anticipate near universal attendance in free full-day kindergarten this fall, the state survey found, which would blow a $40 million hole in the budget that Colorado lawmakers set for the first year of the new program. In the last school year, 36 of Colorado's 178 school districts had students enrolled in half-day kindergarten programs, according to the survey. All but one of those districts and one charter school network plan to move to an all-day, full-day kindergarten classes in the next school year. Uh, That was a survey by the Colorado Department of Education. The rapid adoption rate by districts that previously enrolled students in half-day classes could could signal budget trouble for the top policy issue that Governor Jared Polis pushed through the legislature this year. So uh, let's go to break, Patty, because I know you and I, we want to talk a bit about this. Uh, And I just don't quite understand why there is such a push for all-day kindergarten. You know, I think that, I think little kids need to be little kids. And uh, these people that are pushing for it, I'm not sure that they really care about little kids that much. I don't know. It it just, there's something that just isn't seeing right with me, Patty. So we're going to go to break. And we come back, let's talk a bit more about that. But before we do that, uh, tonight's the uh, All-Star Game for, the, and, uh, for baseball. And then uh, the Rockies, I think, gets back on Friday when they play, I think it's Cincinnati. And uh, so the great place to watch all these games is Hooters. And uh, enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. And Hooters has plenty of ice-cold beer options to help cool you down this summer. Additional happenings, uh, love this. They have nine items for nine bucks, 11 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. There's nine delicious menu items, such as fish and shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and, of course, their boneless wings. So go in and dine in for that lunch special. Or if you want to have wings at home, stop by and pick them up. Or you can have them delivered right to your front door. So for more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the AmeriChicks, and we will be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland for sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. In Denver and Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Denver and YourTownTaxpayers.com for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree Let's have a conversation and be sure you have about 45 minutes to go to my website and sign up for the drawing for this fabulous event that's going to be Friday morning. One lucky listener is going to get to take a private plane from the uh, airport in Loveland up to Casper and then ride a, um, a World War II warbird back. It's either going to be a B-17, a B-24, or a B-25 bomber. And we're going to draw immediately after the show. 
Uh, since Patty, since you're in studio, I think we'll have you draw the name, if that sounds okay. Sounds great. Okay, so go to my website, americhicks.com, and sign up. You've got about 45 minutes for that, and it's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime kind of a, an experience there. And uh, go ahead and sign up for my emails as well while you're over there on the website, and we'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming uh, events and, and topics and, and just all kinds of the guests, all kinds of great information there. Uh, and one other thing, uh, this is a, a, an important piece from Carl Honecker from uh, Complete Colorado. And Complete Colorado is uh, just a great place for all your news. It's news, not propaganda. And it's a news source that you can actually trust. And uh, it doesn't cost you any money. Visit CompleteColorado.com and you can see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in Colorado. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do. And then if you click on the page two banner at the top, there's opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And Complete Colorado is the place that you can read Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete news source for Colorado news. And Patty, you... um, are the person that does all this great research for me. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And you go to Complete Colorado quite a bit, right? I do. It's a great resource, a good starting point. Gets me to some fantastic articles that I can pass on to you and your listeners. So, and and uh, thank you for all of this. And so let's go to one that you had, uh, had gotten from. This is an op-ed by Carl Honecker in Complete Colorado. And he's talking about these special taxing districts for early childhood development, and it's very harmful government overreach. It says, with estimates for full-day kindergarten already showing a $40 million funding shortfall in its first year, paying for Polis's promise of universal preschool will be a challenge. That's why we need to pay attention to a piece of legislation that Polis has signed into law, House Bill 191052, which allows for the creation of early childhood development special districts to provide services for children from birth through eight years of age. Yes, birth, if you can believe that. In 1949, special districts were officially recognized in Colorado as a way of providing for municipal-type services. Uh, There are now almost 3,800 of these special districts throughout uh, Colorado. And House Bill 1052 would allow for more of these government entities to be funded through additional property or sales taxes as long as the money is spent on early childhood development. Okay, let's talk a little bit about this. First of all, these you, you can have something that was put in place to be a good idea, a special district. You know, it might be a little into, you know, um, a little town or a part of a town, a development, say, they would say, hey, we approve taxes to put in our water and our sewer and our roads. That seems like something that a, a municipality should do. But then what you've seen is a good idea. You get government involved, and now you have 3,800 of these. Now, we have talked a lot about this, that these, these socialists that have taken over the Democrat Party, these far leftist socialists that have taken over the Democrat Party, they're playing long ball. I don't think that that we really see what the danger is here, is that, uh, and once again, we've seen with the Emerge candidates, the women candidates, that Emerge program, where they are um, training women, uh, again, very leftist, socialist women, to uh, run for 
basically city councils, school boards, you're seeing local government has really been taken over generally by uh, people with this particular agenda. And then you saw Polis this year talking about moving things down. If he couldn't get it done at the state, he pushed it down to the local level. Well, then if you have your city councils that have been basically, you know, are all um, uh, populated by far left people, and then you take this kind of stuff and push it down to the local level, I see danger, danger here, Patty. I do. Um, As you know, I have a grandson. He's the most important thing right now in my life. I, I truly love him. And and I look at some of the th- agenda, some of the agenda that the far left is putting out there, and it's scary. And when I look at from birth to eight years old, and it, this is just a starting point, and you can see that there's going to be more steps take, taken to grab that child more and more. And really, the, the foundation for that child should be his or her family. And, and that's what's most important. Well, and as you see this push for all-day kindergarten to, uh, you know, child care is really, really expensive. You know, so you've got these young families that they're trying to make a go of it. And then you've got government over here. Talk about housing. And, uh, you know, the, the National Board of Realtors uh, has said that 25% of the cost of new housing is, is goes to rules and regulations. Just think about if you could reduce the cost of housing by 25%. Then take a look at, at, at uh, child care. You know, there's all the licensing, there's all the rules, there's all the regulations that makes that more expensive. And so, again, you, you see these young families that are they're getting dinged again in, in the, um, their pocket. Then you take a look at transportation. They're trying to move people out of their cars. So they're increasing the cost of electricity by shutting down coal-fired plants you're seeing uh, public policy try to push people out of the internal combustion engine that works well for them and push them into electric vehicles, which the more demand that you put on electricity, the more that's going to cost. So you see these young families are really getting squeezed. And it's not easy sometimes to be a parent either, you know. And so, um, so government's coming in and saying, hey, we're going to solve that problem. We'll take your kids earlier and earlier and earlier. And that's not the way it's supposed to be, Patty. No, and, and everything that you talked about has a cost to it, whether it's the electrical vehicles. They're more expensive to buy, no matter which way you look at it, even with the subsidies. And even when we're talk later on, we're going to be talking about the refunds in Proposition CC. Well, then that's more taxes that the individual, the families have to pay out. So as all that money flows out, that is less money for them for child care. So when they look at, oh, if I'll be able to take advantage of this program, it will help our budget. Well, just get the government out of it all the way around and let the family have the freedom to choose where, where and when they want to spend their money. So a lot of times the gas-powered vehicle is the best alternative and the cheapest one for a family. Don't, don't force them into a, something in a mode of transportation that they really don't want. And, you know, the, the key point here really, though, is talking about the children in the government wanting to be there at birth. It's, to me, it's just mind-boggling. Um, my well, da- you know, go ahead. Yeah. My, my, my daughter with her son, I mean, she's such a great mom, and, and the dad's a, a great dad. And you just, it's hard. You have to make time. They both work. 
they make time so that they are with their son and they have a, a great time and it's very valuable to them. And, and I feel very fortunate that I have the opportunity to watch over him. And that, that one-on-one attention, and I've heard stories, and it, it didn't happen even, like I was lucky enough to be a stay-at-home mom when my kids were really young, and I know other people weren't as fortunate. And when they were in daycare, there were issues, and and some parents felt guilty that they had their child in in daycare. There are some problems, but for the government to even take over some of these daycare facilities, because you know that that's what's going to be coming down the road, is scary. They do cite certain studies that have been done, they're not like one that I've read is um, I know that when they were doing the all day kindergarten, they were talking about a study by Duke in 2010 for all, and it was very pro kindergarten all day. And when you started reading the details, they said, yes, by the end of kindergarten, even first grade, you really couldn't you, you could surely see the difference between those who went to all day kindergarten who only went to half day. By third grade, there was no difference except for the, the fact that in their behavioral, um, they found that the children, not all children, but some of the children who went to all-day kindergarten were more disruptive in the classroom. So it actually became a negative factor when you got into the third grade. Do you remember how many kids were in that study by any chance? No, I don't. It, It was a fair amount as opposed to in this article, they're talking about a study, a couple of them. One was in 1960, another one was in 1970, and one was 58 Kids. children, and yeah. the other one was 57. So when you look at those numbers, you're like, how can you take such a small population of children and think that this is a true yeah. study of how productive? But it's not, because what what can happen is when somebody says a study was done, then people go put credibility behind that. So we're going to continue uh, conversations. Actually, I think what we'll do, we're going to go to break in just a moment because we'll have you and Natalie Minton talking about Proposition CC, which is this uh, real assault on Tabor, the Colorado Taxpayers Bill of Rights. But before we do that, Jason McBride is on the line. And um, Jason, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm good. Uh you, you and Patty both have it wrong. There were 535 children in that study, and uh, the location was on Capitol Hill. Yeah. <laughs> so if you need to know where to send your kids for an all-day preschool, um, I think that's a good place. Send them up to Congress. Send them up to Congress. <laughs> Great. I, and you were calling us out saying we were wrong, Jason. So That's but, right. That's right, because I know the number. You know the number, that's for sure. But, hey, this morning, let's talk just a little bit about why people need to save and invest money to make sure that they have reliable income later in life. How can they do that? Well, I think it's, it's just important to remind yourself uh, that's why you're doing this. It's not... Uh, necessarily to just get it bigger and bigger like you're trying to get the high score on a video game, although it's nice to see it grow. At the end of the day, we want to have a paycheck when we're retired. And, Kim, I think, uh, you know, with interest rates coming up a little bit over the last year, some of the, the products that guarantee an income for life, like annuities, yeah, I'll tell you, there's about three, four years where, where they really got watered down and the payouts weren't that great, uh, but they're, they're starting to come back now. And a good time to think about 
setting some up like that could be, you know, anywhere from uh, 10 to 12 years ahead of retirement right up until you retire. And I'll tell you, the payouts on these things, especially the ones in that 10-year that range right now, have really come back up. Uh, they're pretty impressive. And what I would say someone could think about at least is when you do your financial plan, look at what your your must-have is. How much money are you going to need each month to cover your essentials, your food, your utilities, your property taxes, the things that you don't have any choice, and consider taking at least a, a part of your money uh, using something like this that's guaranteed to cover those non-discretionary expenses and then if you want the rest to still kind of be on the stock market roller coaster for discretionary and fun money you know that's fine but the timing is is better to do when your assets are way up and the market's gone up than to wait until you get cut in half and then try to do it with a much smaller uh, piece of money well, and Jason, what you're talking about, and you know, we talk big picture all the time. In fact, at the end of the, on Friday, we're going to be talking with Brian Dimitrovic, the economist who'd written the book with Larry Kudlow, JFK and the Reagan Revolution. But what you, and that's important to look big picture, but what you do is you help people with their own personal economy. And that is really when people are looking at, at you know, at things out there, their personal economy is what really matters to them. And that's what you specialize in. Well, we specialize in their personal big picture is, is what we try to do. Kim, you're right, and as part of that, you do have to get down somewhat to the nitty-gritty and, and what are you actually going to invest the money into specifically as part of our job. Um, you know, again, I'll come back to this. Don't wait until, you know, it gets cut in half to do something like this. And I know a lot of folks that say, well, how often – does does the market get cut in half? How often does my money get cut in half? Uh, to which I would say it only takes once. <laughs> it only takes once to have a tremendous impact on your your overall picture. So it's not how often. It's it's again. It only has to happen to you one time. Okay. Well, folks, if you'd like to sit down with Jason and have him help you out with your personal economy. Check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And uh, Jason would be happy to do that. Jason McBride, thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great show. Thanks so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we have Natalie Minton on the line. She is, she's been a tireless uh, advocate and, and for transparency and responsible government. And uh, she's one of those people that she puts her time, money, and energy where her mouth is. When we talk about... Do you have any skin in the game? Natalie has skin in the game. And also, Patty, you also have a, a, a tremendous understanding of Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. And it's so important that we protect it. And there's an all-out assault on it. So we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Natalie Minton and Patty Kurgan. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. 
Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, July 5th through Thursday, July 11th, features will include Toy Story 4, Godzilla, and Aladdin. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special? Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. We are having a conversation about the all-out assault on your pocketbook, and that is the all uh, the assault on Tabor, the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights, which is in, in amendment in the Colorado Constitution. And uh, on the line with us is Natalie Menton, and she totally understands what's going on here. Natalie, welcome to the Americhicks. Good morning. So, uh, what is going on? Why should be people be concerned about this assault on Tabor? And just you know, set it up for us. What's going on? All right. So, just so I'm clear from the get-go, we've got multiple pieces that are in the works here. The most immediate issue is Proposition CC, which is a ballot issue presented by the Colorado legislature, and that is going to be in our mailboxes. Our registered voters are going to get a ballot in 99, 98 days, somewhere right in there. And what that is going to do is ask voters whether we're willing to permanently eliminate spending limits on our government, state government, and also permanently eliminate our right to refunds due to us under the taxpayer's bill of rights. So that's, that's the one issue. And then secondly, there's also another piece in motion and it's called initiative three, where a group that has sought to eliminate the tax bill of rights permanently is moving forward with an initiative for 2020. So we've got these two pieces. And I wanted to just start with that because sometimes that can get a little bit um, confusing for people who are not dealing in this day to day. Okay. And that's that's our battle is fighting both of these. But the immediate danger is Proposition CC again in our our mailboxes in just over ninety days. So I know that you know many people like to get their refund back from the federal government. That's that's something they're very excited. You know, they file their taxes and they get a refund back. And so what Proposition CC is saying is on the state level of you won't get that refund back uh, over that um, that amount of uh, population and inflation. It's a very generous formula, and anything above that, the the state is supposed to give that back to people and they're asking that they can keep that forever, right? That's correct. And we've we've talked about that similarity between those two examples before and I think it it goes a step beyond if if you tell your employer withhold this amount for my check. That's almost a voluntary type of thing. The state of Colorado is taxing us in ways that we actually never even approved. So 
you know, they're required to refund what is really over taxation. And that's what people are permanently giving up. And removing that that spending limit on government is a sure recipe for disaster. Oh, my gosh, that's for sure. Patty, Patty Curran, what do you think about this? Well, the, with the Proposition CC, it starts out with the th- first three words is without raising taxes. And as Natalie explained, it really is a tax increase. If they're not giving back our money... They, then they're keeping our money. Keeping our money, it's taxes, so our taxes have now been raised. So there's a lot of deceit behind this proposition, CC. And there's plenty of money to go around. And it goes back to accountability. We have to hold our legislators accountable. How are you really spending that money? Even going back to the Proposition CC, it's the first three words are without raising taxes, and the next phrase is to better fund public schools, higher education, and roads, bridges, and transit. Well, it doesn't say it shall or it must. It just says it's to better fund. So it's very open-ended. So will they really be using the money for what they're stating in the ballot? And even House Speaker Casey Becker in a um, discussion with, with another representative in a House meeting last March said that, admitted that a, a future legislator session could completely change how those funds are being used. So there is no guarantee at all that what they're stating in this title for where the funding will go will actually be going. Well, and Patty, you did an op-ed for, which is on the AmeriChicks website right now, uh, which is just just an excellent piece. Um, we started pushing it out, I think, yesterday or Sunday. Uh, but the title is Proposition CC is an Attack on the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights. And I loved what you, uh, the initial uh, quote that you had on that. Let's see if I can get it. Um, here we go. It was uh, from Sir Walter Scott's 1808 poem, Marmion. And you said, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. And what you just mentioned, uh, it's a big deception with those first few, those first words, uh, without raising taxes. And uh, anytime somebody starts not shooting straight with me, Natalie Minton, it's like, I think the answer should be no. So the answer on whether or not they can keep this permanently, just because they're starting off deceitfully, I think the, the you know, we should vote no. What do you think, Natalie? Oh, I agree 100%. And let's, let's get into the weeds just a teeny bit, Taxpayers' Bill of Rights is in our Constitution. And it's not that the legislators, the politicians put it in there. We, the people, put it in there. And it took multiple attempts before the citizens said, hey, wait, this sounds like a really good idea. Let's vote yes, let's put it in. Now, more than 25 years later, we've seen all the benefits of this constitutional amendment. And now the legislature somehow, bizarrely, thinks a state statute, that's why it's called a proposition. A proposition means it is a state statute that they can take away our constitutional uh, protections permanently. That in itself is, is an affront. It's not, even a le- it's not even legal. So then folks, you know, when you bring this up, they go, well, then how do they get away with it? Well, the fact of the matter is, just because something goes through the Capitol doesn't mean it's legal. Citizens then have to take <laughs> up a legal battle with it and put their fate um, into the hands of 
I'm not going to use the word justices, judges who seek to legislate from the bench. So there are multiple problems, and and this just all comes back to should we believe you? Are you right? No, they're not. So vote no, and if they want to have some sort of a another discussion, fine, but this is a no-go. Vote no on Prop CC. It's completely wrong for Colorado. If we want to go down the route of uh, debt, they're born on the, our children's shoulders, you know, that's what the, this is going to end up. And Colorado is so much stronger because of the taxpayers' bill of rights we should not waste that prosperity that we have built through this. Well, that's for sure. And Natalie, uh, the key thing about Tabor, first of all, you mentioned it, is it was put in place by the people of Colorado. And it's basically just good manners. It says, hey, government, bureaucrats, interested parties, three things. A, if you want to raise our taxes, you have to ask us. B, if you want to incur debt that we're going to have to pay off and our children are going to have to pay off, you just have to ask us. And C, if you want to keep excess revenue over a very generous formula of population and inflation, so, you know, realizing population grows and, you know, there's inflation, so there's a formula that's put in place for that, which is brilliant. But if you want to keep any of the money over that, You just have to ask us. And so instead of asking us, what they're asking now is they're saying, we are asking you if we can keep those refunds forever. And that is the problem with Proposition CC. Let's go to break, ladies. When we come back, let's continue to get a little bit more into the weeds so that people understand you know, just what is at stake here and how Tabor has been good for Colorado. So, Natalie, when we come back, we'll throw it over to you just to talk a little bit about why this has kept Colorado from becoming California or Illinois. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. We're having a conversation about Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. But before we go back to uh, Natalie Minton and Patty Kurgan on that, you have just about... 
14 minutes that you can go to my website and sign up to be uh, your name put into the drawing for this fabulous um, ride on a World War II bird. The the lucky winner of that drawing is uh, on Friday morning going to get to take a private plane from the airport up in Loveland and take it from Loveland to Casper and then get to ride a World War II bird back to Loveland. It's either going to be a B-17, a B-24, or a B-25 bomber. And so you've got about 14 minutes still to sign up for that, and then we're going to be drawing. Uh, After the show, Patty, we're going to have you draw, okay? And uh, we'll announce it tomorrow. Uh, But Natalie, I want to toss this back over to you. Uh, Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, has been something that uh, Colorado has many times touted by politicians uh, that, uh, you know, great economy here. Uh, Governor Hickenlooper, who has his hat in the ring currently f- uh, for president, talks about the economy in Colorado and takes, likes to take credit for that. But I think that it really uh, keeping government in check, keeping government within some kind of boundaries and letting the private sector grow, uh, people keeping more money in their pocket, I think is really probably what contributes to Colorado's prosperity. Uh, So how do we uh, keep from becoming Illinois and California? Why is TAPER so important? Well, let's cover one item real quick, and then we'll go into how people can get more information and help themselves, help protect themselves. Uh, I want to go back to the timeout issue and this proposition, CC, eliminating um, the growth or spending limits and our refunds permanently. TAPER is about consent. It's about asking uh, the current voters right now for a temporary timeout. Within the language it says, that is allowed, but it mentions four years. doesn't say anything about a permanent elimination. Okay, so you're saying in, in Tabor... So, Nanny, you're saying that in Tabor there was actually um, something that, that was put in place that if there was a timeout needed, it could happen. Is that correct? Is that what you just said? That's correct, and it mentions four years. Now, unfortunately, the judicial system has interpreted that in a way that it was not meant. And when you do talk to the people who writes in, they were very clear that it was not to be a permanent elimination. One generation could not vote away the rights of the next one, and that's what they're seeking to do. That was done on purpose, and it's unfortunate that the courts have interpreted it the way they have. But if you look at the language, you will see that in there. So uh, that's that's what they don't want to mention. And what what people should remember is, if they want to give more money to the government, there is nothing that stops them from <laughs> taking their refund check, not cashing it, taking it on down to the state capitol and give it to. Um, the governor's office or go to the treasurer's office or wherever you want to give the check back to, there's nothing that stops you from doing that. Now, personally, I wouldn't choose that route, but that, that possibility is there. And um, I do want to remember, because I was almost ready to forget, that I don't think we can cover all of the benefits about taxpayers' bill of rights within a 20-minute period. So with that in mind, and the fact that we're going to get a ballot in about 99 days that asks whether we should permanently eliminate part of the taxpayer's bill of rights, we're going to have 
a workshop, and I call it a boot camp, um, on Saturday, August 3rd. Okay. And it will be a networking and training, and it is, again, Saturday, August 3rd at Lakewood Library. And without going into all the details, somebody could just simply go to the website, coloradoengaged.com. And the class is $20, but you get the materials, you get a T-shirt, you get refreshments, and that $20 pretty much just covers the cost. And you can pay by credit card, choose your T-shirt size, and um, it's going to be at Lakewood Library, and it starts about 11 a.m. and goes to 2 p.m. So people can still get some of their chores done on that Saturday. But at that class and the networking, you'll be informed more about taxpayers bill of rights so that you can go and talk to your neighbors because it's truly about voter turnout for this issue because it's an off-year election you don't have a gubernatorial race you don't have a senate race presidential race it's usually in this year school board and city council and there are many people who sit that election out and we need them to turn out and vote no on proposition cc well, and the other thing about it is this has to be really a grassroots, organic kind of a, a standing against this because uh, interested parties, people that, that live off of tax revenues, so your politicians, your bureaucrats, your, all those interested parties, they'll be putting money towards this because they figure I put a little bit of money or maybe more than a little bit of money towards this and my return on investment if this uh, this would go through, is I'm going to get a cut of a lot more of that tax revenue, and of course that tax that tax revenue actually should be going back into people's pockets. So it is very important that people understand uh, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. And so this uh, boot camp on Saturday, August 3rd, from 11 to 2 at Lakewood Library. You can get more information at coloradoengaged.com, coloradoengaged.com. Uh, hang, stay, stay with us, Natalie. But, Patty, during break, you mentioned something that I thought was really important, and that is these little children that all of these politicians say that, hey, we need to have all-day kindergarten and we need to be getting into the home at birth and making sure that they're all being taken care of and they're opining that, men, we really care about these kids. They don't care about the fact that they are, in, they are encumbering these children with debt. So when, when a child is born, you know, they haven't, they haven't even come home from the hospital. Patty, you mentioned that uh, they owe in, in national debt about $66,000. That's unconscionable. I know. It, it, it blows my mind. And it goes back to what we've been saying earlier. Government never has enough money. But they can always think about ways to spend it. They can't think about how to be more efficient, more efficient in their spending. And it's interesting because one of the, the myths of Tabor is that the Taxpayer Bill of Rights is starving the Colorado. That's of what tax they say. Revenue. Yeah. But as we've have said on more than one occasion in the show, is that actually Tabor does allow the government to grow. It's it's population plus inflation. So they, they, but that's the soundbite that they use. And I tell people all the time, no, the government is still growing. The positive side for us who are trying to hold the, the government accountable is that we are actually slowing down the pace that they could grow. 
if if they if they if this proposition CC truly went through, which I don't think it will, but if it does, can you just see the the growth and the spending and the waste of dollars that the hard earned people of Colorado had had to forfeit? It, you know, it'd be better for them to have it in their own pocket and use it for their childcare. Let them pick the kind of child care that they want versus being forced into government all day care. Bingo, bingo. Hey, Natalie, I just, I'm going to throw this out to you. I was um, at the corner of Spear and like Washington yesterday and I looked over and I saw a car with uh, three different Bernie stickers on the back. Now, Bernie, you know, uh, uh, Sanders is advocating for socialism, you know, to take from one person to give to another. But what I found kind of interesting was it was a late model, very fancy Volvo. And I'm thinking, now, that is just really curious to me. And then I thought, you know, I'm wondering if uh, they're one of those bureaucrats that's living off of uh, these uh, programs of taking money from uh, hardworking, everyday Coloradans and putting it into a government program and maybe make it a big salary on that. So we're just about out of time. Natalie, what's your comment on that? I, I I will agree 100% when you look at these campaigns historically. The big donors are the ones that get the contract for consulting. And what do they produce? I'm you're not always clear. They get the government lobbying contracts. You have a government lobbying another government. And those are the folks that have that $250,000 or whatever the amount may be to throw to this. And we, the citizens really do have to depend on the grassroots organization. It depends on you, the person who just tries to mind your own business, getting out of your comfort shell just a teeny bit, and just talking to your neighbors and saying, you know, we have millions of dollars that are supposed to be coming back to us. Did you get a vote on that tax increase that made it more expensive to register your car? Did you get a vote on this new regulation that means housing goes up in cost because now you have to have um, an EV port. I, I was watching the city of Lakewood last night go through this. On one hand, they're talking about affordable housing. On, on the other hand, they're passing a code that drives up costs. I know. Isn't that amazing? So, <laughs> I, it is. So this is millions of dollars, and it's a permanent decision. Um, we need to permanent tell them in a big, loud voice, no. You need to get the, the spending under control because their priorities are out of whack. And so that's my closing thought. It's a neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor discussion we need to have. And I believe this class that we're going to have will help people get very comfortable with that conversation. It doesn't have to be a five-minute spiel. It only has to be a one-minute spiel. Here's why it's really important to me. That money will help me save for my kids' college education. This will help me pay for this very expensive medication. Those are the kind of conversations we need, that it is a very personal and worthy um, effort to keep these refunds in our pocket and keep government growth in Colorado at an even level with the economy. It's what makes sense. It's what's sustainable. And that's why it's important to us. Well, Natalie Minton, thank you so much for, uh, uh, you know, giving us the information on that. And again, go to coloradoengaged.com. That's coloradoengaged.com. That boot camp is Saturday, August 3rd from 11 to 2 at the Lakewood Library. Natalie Minton, thank you so much. 
Thank you. Okay, and Patty Kurgan, thank you so much for being in studio as our guest chick, and thank you for all the great research that you put together that we can can inform people here in Colorado about very important issues. So thank you. Thank you, Kim, and thank you for the opportunity. Well, absolutely. Our quote for today, you know, Margaret Mitchell, who wrote Gone with the Wind, she said, death, taxes, and childbirth. There's never a convenient time for any of them. (laughs) So with that, today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you. And God bless America. Like a new moon rising fierce through the rain and lightning.